podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome once again to the Leeds That Podcast. I'm Paul and I'm joined by James. Hello. That was very enthusiastic. I like it. I like that kind of enthusiasm. There's no stress of the season, is there? there that is true. Uh, although you decided yesterday that we've sold Rafinha to Liverpool, so that was quite quite stressful. feel that you uh, may have overegged that one. And, and Rocco. Rocco. I feel under pressure now. <coughs> Hello. I like that. That was nice. It's a good start. Tonight, or today, or this morning, or whenever it is that you're listening to this, we are going to be doing a... We're going to take the temperature of Leeds United. We're going to do... That's a jargon. That's how people speak. We're going to look at the current state of the club with a bit of a casting your eye backwards and more of a casting your eye forwards. We've got a range of criteria. We'll ask people uh, on Twitter if there's anything they want to cover as well. And we've got, got a bit of feedback there. So let's get straight into it. So last week we did our end of season awards, which um, we were as positive as possible, but without sugarcoating it. There may be a few things that we want to tweak from last season. So I want to talk top to bottom. We're not going to leave any stone unturned. We're going to cover it all down to the kit, everything. Let's go for it. So let's start off. I want to start with a big one, the manager or managers. I think we've, well, let's face it. We've got Jesse Marsh. What did we think to what he brought to the table? Can we judge him on those 12 games? And looking forward, is he the right man to take Leeds United into the 2022-2023 Premier League season? I think we should start with a positive. So, um, James? (laughs) Uh, The positive is I will have edited out the long pause that we had (laughs) between Paul asking the question and us answering. Well, what do we expect from Jesse? Being honest, not a lot. (laughs) I know that sounds like pretty harsh and down and out, but I I kind of don't expect expect anything because our expectations were so so high of last season that I guess I'm probably uh, bound by reality a bit more. Uh, you know, I had us finishing higher than we had in the first season under Bielsa last season. Obviously, we didn't. So yeah, and I just can't imagine us getting up to that level with this season coming. So expectations are. Not lower than, not lower than where we finished, uh, but lower than I thought this time last year. That's a decent effort. Um, <laughs> I'd say similar. Um, yeah, can we judge him on the twelve games? It's so hard to say because, like you know, the points that he got and you know the job that he was brought in to do in the short term, he he did it. But yeah, I must admit, that, yeah, I've. <laughs> In between the was it the Chelsea game and the Brighton game, I like I was lying awake at night and I made a big long list of all my grievances <laughs> with, with Matt, which I won't bother You're probably into obsessed. Now. You've got <laughs> well, it's just you what know, have you it... done in the close season? How do you cope? Why, why would you fill your minutes? Wait a minute. So your fourth book is going to be Grievances of Jesse Marsh by <laughs> Rocco D. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. Depends how long it lasts. Um, but yeah, you know, like the, I won't go into them. Um, but like the alarm bells were ringing for me when in his first press conference, which he came across really well, and I actually felt positive. But 
like he came out and said, you know, he was going on about how he's such a positive person and he fights till the end. But then he, at the same time, he was saying that he knew very early on that it wasn't going to work out at Leipzig. Like, it's complete bollocks that, like, you know, <laughs> the two statements don't marry up at all. So, uh, but then, you know, people say stuff, you know, I come out with crap on here and, you know, you, you listen back and you think, oh God. So, yeah, you know, we have to take it forward. You know, he finished the job off well. And he might be all right. And he did have a hard job. You know, the players were in a bad way um, and he, he got us over the line. So I think you could make a positive point. Maybe that's what you're about to do, Paul. Well, the mo- I, was, I wasn't actually. The, the most concerning early thing that he said for me was when he said that he tried to tell them that Bielsa should stay out until the end of the season. Because <laughs> that doesn't scream... I really want to do this, but he's a positive guy. The other thing on that is it's like, I really think uh, Bielsa should stick it out to the end of the season, but yeah, of course I'll take the job. Cheers lads. Get him out of the club. Go on. Yeah. I, I, I think it took a certain kind of brazen figure to be able to do that because I, I think there's a lot of people who wouldn't fancied stepping into those shoes at that point in time. And they clearly had him lined up for a while. Um, I like the positivity, but what everybody's got to be able to do is cut through the jargon and strip that all back and go, what's this guy actually about tactically? What does he bring to the team? Um, What is the jargon worth to the players, if anything? And then can he do it tactically? So what are you aware of this phrase? So if, um, this is what the kids say. If, if something is like a, a, a lesser version of something else, so this is the example I'll use, that he's a B-Tech Bielsa. It's a bit mean, but I don't think he's an anything Bielsa no. that is being sold it. So what is he tactically? People talk about the uh, 4 2 2 2 2 2 2 2 formation. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I don't... I don't know. Like sometimes there's some things about him and and the way we've played at times I've I've quite liked and and I, again I'll go back to Brentford game because you know that works very well. We've played well in the first half um, and everything was you know well it was a plan that came together perfectly. So I don't I don't know. I, I don't want to just like sit here and write him off because I, I feel like he's he's earned his chance and it is going to be a fresh slate for him. Yeah, I think probably my answer, to cut a long story short, is <laughs> let's wait and see. Uh, you know, I think that is actually where we're at, you know, where, you know, we just have to start afresh and, and see what, you know, what we are going to get. Because I, I I don't feel like, well, I really hope that the first, you know, the first 10 games, I suppose, of of his reign um, isn't what we're going to have last next season. Because I think we will struggle because a lot of the points came from last minute goals, as I think we touched on before. And yeah, I just don't think you can... You can't keep that up, really, in the long term. James, I want to put you on the spot. Will he survive next season? Um, well, I, th- I think BTEC's ridiculous, to be honest. I think Key Stage 3 versus University <laughs> Professor is, is, is probably more fair. He will survive the season, yeah. I think what I've seen so far that I do like of Jesse Marsh, which is the, the main thing that I keep coming back to, is that he has shown that he is adaptable like he has he did change the team when it mattered on the last day of the season he changed the way we play to get a result and results is exactly what what we need and I don't think he'll be someone who just sticks blindly to 
a principle that isn't working. And that's not me saying that that's what Bielsa did, because I don't think that at all. Um, but I do think that he's just, he, he has a clear understanding of when something needs to change. Um, that's that's what I've taken from him so far. So I think, you know, if things aren't working, we will see changes. And it's it's a completely clean slate. And adding to the team with players that he's already worked with, that he obviously trusts can do it. And the club do as well. You know, Orta, Orta and... Brad Rizzani and everyone trusts those based on their own research as well. So I think I think we'll be all right. It'll be weird and different, but I think we'll be we'll be okay. I think you've contradicted yourself already because if he if he does survive the season, which you say, I don't think we'll be in a relegation conversation because if we get into at any point in the season a severe threat of relegation, if they were happy to get rid of Bielsa, then they'll definitely get rid of Jesse Marsh. So I did say we'd be better off than where we finished. Yeah, but not as but not as good as last season. And that there isn't that much margin between yeah, ninth yeah. and sixteenth, is there? It, it was only a handful of points. Southampton were never in a relegation conversation really and finished two points above us. Yeah. So it's it is fine margins and it is difficult to say and we are basing it on very little. But I think the important thing is that we here give him a chance yeah. and us as a fan base give him a chance and get behind him. And at the first run of a little few bad results, we don't forget everything. We we stay united and we support the team. So that's the manager box fully ticked. Come on, Jesse, you can do it. Right. Next. who the squad. Firstly... Well, squad depth. Rocker, you have a, a very strong view on the squad depth thing. Looking back at last season, I think you can clearly say that the squad depth was an issue and that caused a lot of the trouble. Do, is is that something that you, you agree or do you like the small squad? Yeah, I still like the small squad. And and I, I do agree to a certain extent. And when you say I've got a strong view on it, I think I've got a different view on it. I, I don't think I've got a strong view because I'm happy to know that I might well be wrong. Um, but I do like the concept. I believe in that concept of having a smaller squad. And to be honest, I think the problem last season wasn't the depth. I think it was more the fact that we lost the people that we did for so long. You know, we've seen it with Liverpool, with Van Dijk, you know, you, some players you can't replace um, and Leeds can't replace Phillips. So, you know, to to ask, you know, to solve last season, it it wouldn't have been a bigger squad that solved it. You know, it would have been having two Calvin Phillips and you can't expect that. So, yeah, to a certain degree, I, I do agree, but I also disagree as well. So I did a lot of sitting on the fence. Yeah, it's not really uh, <laughs> listenable material, to be honest with you. It's very, very, very Swiss of you. James, is he talking rubbish? Do we need uh, more players? I think we need more better players. Uh, I think you know the, the the quality within the squad itself is has become apparent. You know, like if a player's out injured, we don't feel comfortable and relying on what's on the bench because otherwise we wouldn't have played Dan James up front <laughs> uh, for a large part of the season. So I, I think that's the the main obvious thing. Although it sort of pains me to say this, but you know, in in Bielsa's system, relying on like one pivotal person like Calvin Phillips is as is as um, not dodgy, but as risky as a team that just solely looks to their striker to solve all their problems. You know, it's the same kind of thing. And I think that's the main thing is that that the quality of the squad improves, but it 
improves across the the entire team and the way we play is kind of more more balanced i would probably say see and, I, I don't think that is the point of a bielsa system i think the point of bielsa system was that the every player must be capable of playing two or three positions so if calvin wasn't in the team he he would and he would mean this as well he would hand on heart say that calvin not being in wouldn't be an issue because there are two or three other players at that point in time who should be able to do that role obviously they in fans eyes and in stats eyes they weren't to the same quality but that wouldn't matter to him I think he, he, you know, he did say, and I think Rocco, you pointed out as well that I can't remember what the quote from Bielsa was, but it was like, if Calvin's not there, then that's basically bad. And because Calvin, <laughs> because Calvin is like another level, and I think there are players that could go into that position and play it, like Robin Cock could play it, but he was nowhere near as good in that role as Calvin. And and I think that was that was kind of I, for me anyway, in my opinion, I think that's kind of been the biggest risk for us in the in the last year, and probably why Bielsa ended up getting sacked. You know that. I think it's such a big hole with Calvin not being there. Yeah, I think, I think that probably was his, his biggest mistake, really, that he, you know, we continued with that risk in play and, and you know, it's either a failing on Bielsa, you know, to not develop those players to be able to cover Phillips um, or, you know, deciding not to sign someone good enough to cover Phillips or, you know, that would offer a better solution. I think he probably just thought he had he had the tools um, there um, or it could be a failing on Arta for not giving him a better option but that in itself is kind of the answer isn't it it's not one singular person's fault it's kind of like what's worked before you just think it's going to work forever i suppose so you just carry on with it but i think that's a big lesson learned really yeah that's fair enough so we are moving forward and we are already making signings we looked at we straight away snapped up brendan aronson and uh looked to be signing a right back which means as a senior right back, and I know Luke Ayling's out for a long time, so you want a senior right back to be able to start the season with, but that is a bit of a statement in itself that it's not two players capable of playing right back, it is two senior right backs at the club. That is a change in uh, strategy. So as the, if you follow that tack along, who else do we need? How many more players? Where, where else do we need to be making signings? Left back, for sure. Um, he can't play there. <laughs> back for sure. Uh, right back for sure. Um, yeah, I think we need another midfielder as well as as Aronson and a striker. I think they're the three big holes looking at how we're going to play. What kind of midfielder do you want? Do you want a Lewis O'Brien? I want a, I, I want a good one. <laughs> yeah. So do you want a promising good one that's played really well in the championship that we've been linked with for a long time and has a load of potential do you want a expensive mid to expensive range good one from abroad a la rodrigo-esque signing that could go rodrigo-y or do you want to spend a lot of money on someone that's established within the premier league who would come and have to be promised to be playing every week what is your strategy yeah, I definitely like O'Brien. I think he's he ticks the boxes. And and we've got experienced players there as well to help him along. And I think he'll fit in perfectly in a two-man midfield, like alongside Calvin or, um, you know, alongside Forshaw, the two very similar players. Yeah, I really like the look of him. I I, 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 I won't want another, you know, I, I, I don't know. I just feel it's more risky actually signing from abroad, like something like, Cuisance, you know, seeing what happened with him and obviously you mentioned Rodrigo and stuff. 
if they can find one that's good enough, fantastic. But now I'd be more than happy with with uh, O'Brien and a good fee as well. The fee is ten million. It gives us keeps us with uh, with options. So in some ways, it beggars belief that for ten million pounds, we didn't trigger that last year. Why? Why didn't we? Tell me. Um, well, I think he signed a new contract, didn't he? Yeah, he did in September. He signed a new contract just after the after the bids were rejected. So and the transfer bid... window slammed shut. That makes sense. What did we bid before that? I think it's it was closed. Like, I think they there was talk of it at the time. I think they were trying to get it cheap, weren't they? For like five million or something. Oh, and that contract was in play during the entire January transfer window that we didn't go back in for. <laughs> well, that, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, you are right there. Maybe I it didn't kick in that. until this summer. Maybe it was ten Maybe million at the end of the season. Maybe who knows. We're just, we can only speculate, can't we? Mm. That's all we can do. Either way, let's hope we go back in if he's the player that they want and uh, get him. I didn't, I haven't really commented on him, but I only saw him in the championship playoff final. And in that game, he did look really good. Um, and in a key game, that's always bodes well, doesn't it? So I was, I was, I was impressed at how much space he managed to find for himself like really good movement off the ball and he just didn't get passed it off i think they made the wrong passes a lot of the time so yeah i hope we get him as well brilliant um in terms of outgoings uh, central areas is there anyone well we don't have anyone to get rid of so i guess that's the end of that one uh i want to make a case for the defense i want someone to make a case for the defense we are awful uh, in defense but i don't think we have awful defenders so what's going on? I think we have an awesome defender, if you class Elon Melier as a defender. <laughs> uh, I read on the Leeds United website today. Uh, it's worth a look, actually. It's a news article, and it's 2021-22 uh, season by numbers, and Elon Melier made the most saves out of any goalkeeper in the Premier League during the campaign, which I thought was pretty impressive. And Melier was one of seven players in the Premier League to play every minute of the season as well. Uh, it didn't Hang on. Uh, he didn't play every minute. That's what it says. <laughs> he must have done then. He must have that? played on against Wolves. <laughs> I mean, maybe all I... the injury time adds up to. Uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the, the the beauty is that James edits this, and that won't appear in the final draft of this podcast. So don't worry about it. If you keep saying James edits this, then there's too much for me to edit, and I just leave it all in. Dear. So, um, yeah. Individually, are there any of those centre back? There's talk, well, there's always talk, paper talk about like Tarkovsky and people get excited because people think we should sign Tarkovsky. But we've got a pretty long list. Uh, I think you guys speaking to Hayden has triggered some paper talk about Creswell leaving. So cheers for that. <laughs> um, we've got a, a long line of centre-backs. That is not a position we were ever short in. Do we need a new one? I mean, I... Probably like to see us buy one as long as it's one that's better than all of them. You know, like definitely better than all of them. Combined. Um, <laughs> um, you know, it'd have to be like a special signing. And I, so I can't see it happening because I don't think we've got the money. I think the money needs to probably go elsewhere and we just have to hope that they come good. But um, yeah, for me, maybe unfairly. Um, but I feel like Lorente is the one I'd get rid of, especially considering, you know, he's going to be 29 now. And I'd I just I think there's more potential in Cock. Um, so yeah, I'd get rid of Lorente and I'd be quite happy with them four, including Cresswell. But it is a bit of a risk. I do feel like we probably do need a better centre back if if we can get one, but I I won't want Tarkovsky. 
I love that. I love that. Well, he's 29 now. It's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Only in football is that a conversation where that's a reasonable thing to say. You can really be in my head. <laughs> you can you can be legally ageist when it comes to football management. <laughs> yeah, weird, isn't it? Yeah. So James, I, do you have a preference? Uh honestly, bearing in mind we had such a torrid season, I can't even believe that I'm saying this, but I wouldn't change our defence. And I think the reason for that is, you know, you've got Robin Cock, who's obviously a really good player, and you could argue he's our senior right back now after <laughs> how he played towards the end of the season. And, you know, he was having to play in that Calvin role at times and then dropping back into defence and then under, you know, which wasn't, the system wasn't working. The, man, the man-to-man system just stopped working for us for whatever reason. And then we changed system when uh, Jesse Marsh came in. So players like that, and when you think that the the defence itself has switched and moved around that and Cooper being injured, etc., they have had basically a shit run of, of it last season. So I think that, a clean slate at the start of the year with the same team that have you know have got time to bed into Marsh's system. I think they'll be all right, and I don't I don't really think we'll we'll need anything else. And your point about Creswell, Paul, I think he in his in himself is is would be like having a new signing. You know, him being on the periphery and coming into the team. But I know there's obviously a risk for him in in staying. And you know, this isn't me with any sort of inside knowledge or anything that's purely my opinion, um, that there is that risk of him staying at the club because if you, when you're on the fringe of the team, you don't get much first-team football and you don't get much under-23s football and he's of that age and ability where he, he definitely needs to be playing football. So there's a risk there of him going. If he does go, you're hoping it's a Ben White scenario, aren't you? Yeah, and that's the thing. It might it might well benefit him, but like you touched on there, Paul, I, I do feel like, yeah, him him replacing one of those four defenders um, in in the you know in the defensive squad, yeah, it's like a new science, a bit of fresh blood, and just helps freshen it up a bit. And yeah, I feel like he probably deserves a chance. And we've got enough experience cover there, you know. Even Ailing can play inside, so I don't think we would be leaving ourselves exposed if we sold Lorente, um, for example, and and put our trust in Cresswell. And uh, what do you think to the uh, links? Or oh, it's probably more than links uh, with uh, Rasmus Christensen. I like the look of him. Looks a hard nuts. That's a great start. Um, but I know nothing about him. So yeah, apart from his appearance and looking looking like he's got the mentality that we all like. Yeah, he reminds me. He might be like a bit of a Danny Mills from literally <laughs> seeing a picture of him. That's that's my uh, that's my take on it. Not just because he's bald, but just because he's a bit, you know, he's obviously powerful. Um, so yeah, I, I'm I'm excited to see him. I think people will be excited tuning into our show for quality analysis that he looks a bit like Danny Mills. So we're excited. <laughs> Hopefully, he hasn't got the personality of Danny Mills. <laughs> Danny Mills is one of the characters among within the Leeds United universe that is open for free abuse. Apparently, <laughs> like. Abuse him freely. No one will ever stop you and go, oh, not Danny. Can't say that about Danny. <laughs> he just seems fair game as a target. Who do you want to come in as a backup Bamford or replacement Bamford or Bamford equivalent? Galhart. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I can't think. I, I, I don't know. I can't I can't think. Um, I think, I mean, I would have liked Enketia. 
but um, yeah, sounded, the chips sailed. You sounded so Yorkshire when you said them Ketia. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, maybe maybe some some foreign foreign guy that's going to come in and set the world alight. That'd be nice. I think it all feels like it's going to be just based on who comes in and out of the club, isn't it? You know, like if Rafinha goes to the, you know, the rumours of him potentially going to Liverpool or them being interested in him, does that mean we have a chance of getting Minamino? Minamino. Right. I'm not going to accuse the mirror of lazy journalism. Bayern Munich were linked with Rafinha. Bayern Munich are now linked with Mane. If they sign Mane, then Liverpool sign Rafinha. It seems like a bit of a simple one to connect a few uh, few dots on that one. But we'll see. Similar way they're throwing Minamino in there. You know, that might just be the Salzburg link. Like we always used to get linked with Argentinians when Bielsa was here. I wouldn't want, I don't know. I, I don't fancy Minamino. I think uh, he's never, you know, he's not done it. It'd feel like another player coming, you know, stepping down to Leeds and it's never worked yet, has it? As in recent years, recent couple of years. That's that. That's interesting point though as well because none of the players that we're looking to sign at the minute have done it <laughs> at this level as well. But it's so. Is it a case of actually we need someone in who has? We need some more experienced players to kind of help lift the rest of the team. Like James Milner being out of contract and apparently us being interested in him and him coming to the club would have been great because he's the kind of personality I think you would you would love to have here. Obviously because of his history, but just as someone with massive amount of experience i think it turns out he's signed he's signing a new deal at liverpool now isn't he but it's that is that is it that kind of thing that you mean rocker i think i'm just literally picking and picking on minamino as as such (laughs) because he's just never you know he's never he never looked like i know he has scored goals this season but obviously in the cup competitions he just looks so lightweight i just i don't know i just don't i've never i've never been impressed um but yeah generally speaking you know it's people like Rodrigo, Cuisance that never worked out, even Augustin, you know, the, these players, that, uh, Dan James, you know, Firpo, list goes on, Kiko, you know, they all come here on, on their way down and I don't know, I'd rather sign players on, on the on, that are up and coming. Like I said, I, think, I feel like we've already got the experience there. I mean, it'd be nice to make one signing who, you know, blows people out of the water. Maybe that's Aronson, you know, he, I know he's not proven, um, but he looks a, he looks a good player. I think that's all completely fair enough. And it links in somewhat to this uh, next part. Because now I've touched on the squad. I want to talk about off the pitch and everything that surrounds the club. And uh, we've got uh, a friend who, former season ticket holder, lives in South Korea. Um, anyone who ever listened to the first uh, show, Beeves Betts. There you go. Beeves believes firmly in the commercial value of signing someone, an an Asian player from a country that brings a big audience with the player. And, I mean, if you just see the reception that Sun got when he went back with his uh, golden boot trophy and things like that, football is a business. It is a big thing. Will that, I mean, that might be part of the American Thing. We've got American own part American ownership. We've got an American mar- manager. They can deny it, but we're, we're signing American players, and America is a huge audience. So are we already doing that? And and will we look at other markets to do it as well? Hard to say, isn't it? Um, you know, Farrington ticks all the boxes, and it looks like he does. Um, 
it's hard to label that, but maybe that's what, you know, pricked her interest in the first place, perhaps. Yeah, with Jesse, maybe think that might, you know, that maybe appears more likely to be because of the America thing. Yeah, there could well be truth in that. Yeah, it's all speculation, isn't it? How can how can you say for sure? James, would you be happy with the signing that you suspected was on that basis? If it was purely on that basis, then no, it'd be obviously annoying uh it'd be a waste it'd be not a waste of money obviously because they'd get it back commercially but it would it would completely defeat the object of building a football club to be successful Did we already try it with idaguchi probably mm. we've now damaged our japanese relations with that signing so although we made money back on him didn't we <laughs> didn't we get what, yeah. we pay, get what we paid for him we knackered him. so many shirts <laughs> we, we knackered him shipped him out on loan into europe and sold him poor lad He's back, well. isn't he? Is he at Celtic now? He went to Celtic, yeah. Is it? The shirts are flying off the shelf. Yeah. No, I think I think it's one of those things where players should definitely be assessed on their ability, which I'm sure they are. And then it probably gets to a commercial sign-off level and someone at the top, Radrizani or whatever, says, oh, and actually, yes, it's potential in this country for us to earn a lot of money. So, yes, I'm all for it. But, yeah, no, I wouldn't base any decision solely on that. be daft. I feel really sorry for Idiguchi. He seemed like a good guy. And when you just read through, it's like zero appearances. We shipped him out to our feeder team in Spain. I saw him on in pre-season at York City. Uh, it was York City, I think he played. Was it under Bielsa? It was, wasn't it? He came in on under Bielsa and then he got shipped out straight away. Yeah. And the, what was crazy there was that he was playing in Bielsa's system, which was obviously quite complex. He just landed, couldn't speak English. I'm not sure the translator at the side of the pitch could command to him in, in, in his native tongue. So it's like he's probably on some sort of delay, <laughs> like him actually understanding the instructions, poor guy. So, do on a what, random what we're on the off the club things, do we still have a, an official partnership with with the, the Aspire Academy? Petered out, didn't it? We don't really hear anything on it anymore. Yeah, they wouldn't have wanted to announce it, would they? But it, yeah, it must be all, all finished with, surely. Never hear anything, do you? No, you don't, but. Our glorious uh, leaders, Rajasani, Orta, Kinnear, did what did they do for you last season? Did they, did they do enough? Do, do you still despise them? Do you despise them? Did they make the right decisions? What do we need from them next year? Let's have a chat around them. Well, firstly, I think I feel like they get a bit of a hard time for the lack of investment thing and standing still thing. Because, you know, they've, they've spent enough money. You know, they've spent £150 million since we came up. Even last season, last summer, they spent fifty million, and they had, you know, everyone knew that that was a strategy to spend heavily and then spend less heavily. So, I, I think the investment has been there, but it's just been badly uh, executed. So the uh, criticism is wrong. It's wrong to criticise a lack of investment. It is right to criticise poor investment. Definitely, yeah, I think so, hundred percent. But so, then at the same time, you could say, well, we'd finished nine, so maybe, you know, can't you change your strategy and, and really go for it while we're, you know, doing well and got Bielsa, which, you know, that's fair enough as well. But, you know, they are business, they're running a business, aren't they? And, and you know, why change a strategy that was halfway to working fantastically well? James, do you think Victor ought to go? Do I think he should go? Um, he ought to. Oh, God. Right. I see. <laughs> My God, I got completely passed me by. You are tired tonight. <laughs> I really am. I really am. Or ought he not? Uh... No, I think if it's a serious question, I think... It is Vic... a serious question. Has he 
like I've, I've brought this up before, like the list of players that he signed for Middlesbrough and stuff. And we got by, we survived by the skin of our teeth. There's no way about it. Does he have the tools to like, if you, I don't know, if you compare him to other people in his role in other clubs where he, for every Rafinha, you can list off a, a list of players that it hasn't worked in the same way. Is he good enough for what we want? I don't really know because I don't really pay enough attention to other clubs because I don't care about them. But I'm pretty sure that there's clubs that make bad signings as well. Um, and I don't know whether it's of the same volume, but, you know, I think even Howard Wilkinson said back in the day, didn't he, that it's kind of like hard to know whether they'll come in and and they'll fit and do a job and um, for, for Leeds United. And I think that's the same here. And, you know, although they might be great in another team that plays in a similar style, for whatever reason, it just doesn't work at Leeds United. Like, playing for Leeds is a massive club, like huge expectations from everyone. And some people do crumble under it. And uh, But I think the, the important thing is, is that they really have to find the right characters. And maybe that's an argument for finding someone with loads of experience uh, to come in and kind of take us up that level. Um, because also, if you put that kind of risk in players that are unproven in the Premier League and are haven't played for necessarily as big a club, there's a lot of expectation on them to to perform, basically. I think that the biggest masterstroke that we've had in 20, 30 years was when we finally went all in on a established manager who transformed a lot of it. So if you were to replicate that kind of decision with a director of football or whatever kind of whatever the role is that recruits the players, could we not do the same? Because like Angus has come from elsewhere, you know, we we get people who come in with experience in these areas. Does Victor Orta have enough experience or quality experience to continue to allow us to progress as a club? If the San Francisco lot get a bigger share, Victor will be gone, won't he? Don't want their own guy. Maybe it's it's a tough one. I I know what you're saying, and you know, for me, I think he should go. I think you know, I think what we've seen over the past couple of years is is enough to say that he's not done his job well enough in in the players that we've signed, and also the options that he's given to us that we haven't signed. Um, you know, they just seem doesn't seem like he's actually doing anything. You know, there's all this talk about his huge database, but then. All he's doing is offering players that are offered to us, like Van Beek and and Winks. Um, but I mean, Bielsa respected him massively. You know, he always went on about what a fantastic job Orta did. And you know, I think it's when Orta was at Sevilla, he tried to get Bielsa. So I think he, yeah, Bielsa respected him. But I don't know. I met, you know, does that mean he's he's qualified enough for the job? Not necessarily. It's well, a tough one. Where where we are right now has always been about being on the path of improvement, isn't it? You know, and we haven't, other than Bielsa, we've not really brought anyone in who's like a level above to kind of take us on. And I think Victor Otto will probably naturally take us to a point, and then it'll transition into into someone else. You know, like as as it as it happens. You know, that's just the way football goes. I guess naturally following on from that, um, do you expect to see any movement? in the ownership of the club is that important at this point in time i don't know whether we're speculating or whether it's fact the ownership has the percentage ownership has increased year on year do you feel that a full takeover is imminent yeah i think so i think was there was talk that there's there's a deal in place and Radvizani sort of tried to play it down a little bit but 
I think that, yeah, there's no smoke without fire. And yeah, probably the deal's there waiting to be done at some point in the future. But what that means, who who knows? You know, San Francisco, you know, they might literally just want to have a Premier League club on their portfolio and, and that's it. And we'll just go ticking along trying to stay in the Premier League. Or they might be really ambitious. I mean, we have no idea at the moment, do we? And to be honest, the evidence probably says that they're less ambitious because... They could have done more this January, but they just decided to to sit back. So yeah, better the devil you know, perhaps. You know, Radrizani obviously is sacked Bielsa and I won't forgive him for that. But, you know, everything else, you know, he's, he's still, he's professionalised the club and he got us to a foundation where we could get someone like Bielsa. So, you know, he's not stupid. It'd be interesting to see how much Premier League football does change with the influx of kind of more American ownership, actually, as well. Because I say you've had um, Abramovich who owned Chelsea, but he only stood for like finishing very high up to a very high standard. And if you didn't, you were gone essentially as a manager. I can't imagine them, the Americans coming in and, and being of the same mindset. I think there'll be, it'll be that kind of build mentality over a few years. And I think that's what, what it'll be with Leeds as well. I think some people will want things to happen overnight and I just don't think it will. I think it's going to be a steady process. I think that I mean the way it feels to me is that is it Parag McGrath who's from uh, San Francisco sits on the board feels like so to this point there has been a financial element and a bit of a learning on both sides what what commercial elements can we learn from them to bring to the table but equally they want to get to a point where they feel that they could take it over and be successful having learned a certain amount so I'm just intrigued as to how much they feel they need to learn about the about running a English football club before they go in like Stuart Dallas on Jack Grealish. <laughs> so yeah, the stadium development does that. Uh, that's something that's long been mooted. But from a personal viewpoint, how stable do you need to be in the Premier League before you knock down your stand, Bradford City? Um, <laughs> what do you think? We don't care. We've got a seat. So what about all the people who want to sit? How how stable does your stadium have to be to be in the Premier League? <laughs> I mean, the West End is looking pretty old. Its roof is its roof looks a bit asbestosy. Um, I don't know. You got to do these things gradually. But it's not a tear down, is it? And rebuild overnight. It's like it's going to be stand by stand, isn't it? So not if a homes under the hammer. Yeah, if there's if there's money there to do it, um, then why not? And at the end of the day, who's paying for it? Is it going to be like the 49ers putting the money in for it? It's not just necessarily our money that's coming from results of the Premier League. You'd hope that's going back into the squad. So therefore, if it's their risk of money and the risk of us going down to them is significant, then... I think this season will have scared them. Like, you know, I think they have mentioned previously that, you know, year three would when they'd start to, um, you know, start the process of actually doing the work. Um, But after last season and, and, you know, We've now we've got Marsh in, you know, there's it's it is extra risk, you know, it's not slacking Marsh off. We've got a new manager, so you know, we don't know how that's going to go. So, yeah, I feel like there's I think they might delay it again. I, I don't think we'll see it anytime very soon, sadly, because I'm really looking forward to it as much as I love the old West Stand. Um, I'd be, yeah, I, I want to see a nice, nice big stand and, and more seats as well. I mean, you know, it's a joke trying to get tickets for home games. It's it's just completely ridiculous. So I even feel like we just need one full stop. E- even if we were to go down, I know we couldn't probably afford it then, but even if we went down, I still feel like we could, we could sell, you know, plenty more tickets. 
So other little bits and pieces around the club that you want to see uh, develop over the summer. What do we, uh, what we're looking for? What do we think? A few different styles of reading glasses in the club shop. Cause these, these kids ones that I've been wearing are still a bit too tight. Uh, get rid of the luminous yellow on the next kit. That'll be nice. Oh yeah. I agree actually on that. Yellow I... away kit. Obviously that's the, that's the obvious one. Yeah. Wasn't there a survey that went round fans about like food in the, in the ground i'm sure there was a while ago like what type of food and facilities and that kind of thing and and they have stepped up the game i I think they've they have made incremental improvements in the facilities but the actual quality of the food we've all seen that picture of that burger we've all seen the reality (laughs) of that burger nathan gets that burger every time i'm like nath right you had this last time can you not plan so that you don't have that dead dry burger? <laughs> no, I think he likes it. <laughs> but but it like you know, and I I'm not of the mindset of I want really expensive scram like they uh, you know like they have at Tottenham and places like that. But just something a bit more, something a bit more variety, a bit more quality, a bit like our football team itself. So you think the catering is a reflection of our? Our squad, your catering requirements. Maybe it is, yeah. We've got we've got like quick filled lager, nine pint lager system or whatever it is. No, I don't think we do have that, do we? We don't even have that. Bloody hell, come on, Leeds. <laughs> well, uh anything else on your wish list for the summer, everyone? Nah, I don't think so. I Calvin think, uh, Calvin to stay, oh, Rafinha to stay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that I mean those are fair points. The outgoings that we d- we didn't really talk about that. That'll have a huge bearing on who we do need to bring in. Do you think we do? Do we have to sell Rafinha? Uh, I don't think so. So if if we spent like thirty five at the moment, and then another ten on O'Brien, and then we'll need a left back and a striker. Well, can't we just sell other players? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, but if you if you have a whip round, like if you sell Firpo, Lorente, Rodrigo, you you you're not going to get enough to buy O'Brien. So <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We could. I'm not a downer on all those players either. I think there's a, they have a role to play, and I, I think they would, I think they are more valuable to us than than the value we'll get from selling them. Yeah. Well, I'd rather not have another striker and keep Rafinha. So, um, yeah, I don't think we have to sell them, and and I, and I really hope we don't. I'd, yeah, I'd rather you know if we're going to sign three or four players and spend sixty million and keep them too, then I think we should all be happy with that. Even though sixty million is not a load of money, it's similar to what we spent last year, and everyone was unhappy with that. Um, so yeah the expectations are going to be very high whatever happens I just can't see it if we sold Rafinha I can't see us ending up with a like a 200 million outlay this summer it's just not going to happen is it Um, I'd I'd just I'd I'd keep hold of him first and foremost and whatever we can do to strengthen thereafter then then great and maybe maybe with some wheeling and dealing with uh, with the less vital players I think the the club holding out for you know top top whack on Rafinha is the, absolutely the right thing to do because he has got two years left on his contract. If he if he doesn't go this summer because we haven't had a value that is reflective of him uh, and his recent performances, then like he's he would basically stay and he wouldn't get a contract for improvement. So he'd have another year of his career gone with less money in, in his pocket, basically. So it's actually a pretty awkward situation for him, this, more than it is us. We're actually in a 
a really strong place, and I think we've just got to make the most of it. If he does want to go, then we have to make the most of it. So I would rather sell him now than after the World Cup because I think we need to invest the money. I think it's more disruptive to lose a player mid-season of that quality and harder to replace in January than it is in the summer. Yeah, it's true. Good point. So to everyone saying, oh, let's try and do that. That there's a downside to that. I meant actually um, keep him for the full season. And even if we get less value, is there actually value in him staying to keep us up for this season? If there's yeah, a risk no, there I get well? that. I just don't. I just think it's a huge risk to have him on that platform, and then the attention he'll get in January. What value do we get? Then does does that make January our peak window before you're an absolute bust when you get down mm. to that last year of the contract? Yeah, it's true. We'll see, but what position are we in as a club to stay up at that point in time? It's a, all we could say is it's intriguing. It's it's a very intriguing point in time. I might even, I was going to ask you for a word and that wasn't my word, but if anyone wants to borrow intriguing, go for it. What's your final word as we... Uh, reflect on what's been and we look towards next season um should have thought about this um it was on the list you've had time <laughs> no. um i'll i'll go with uh hope i think hope at the moment is uh is pretty much all all i can cling on to not that i'm feeling terrible about it but i think we are going into this season like a bit blind um especially if we're going to lose you know one of one or two of the big players so yeah, just have to hope for the best. And uh, James, sign. I think uh, we do need to sign some players. Definitely strengthen the midfield. But also, I would take a sign that we're all right. We're going to be fine. I, I think we need that. And if and if and if my tedious segue by using sign into this uh, you like, then then great. Well, I think the sign should be Bielsa coming back into football. Maybe at Bilbao, and we can go on a uh, a pilgrimage to go to go watch his football team play. Do you want all your cornflakes to like rearrange themselves into Rafinha's face? Yeah, that or... kind of thing, or, <laughs> or or you know, like your, your toast pops up and Salim Lanrani. <laughs> <laughs> well, my my word is caution, expressing extreme caution as we move it towards next season i think i may have had a bit of blind optimism off the back of the previous one and i think the fan base did whereas now um we need to express to approach it cautiously which is not the same word as caution but i'll take all derivatives <laughs> of the word yeah uh, yeah let's see how it goes Right, well, let us know what you think uh, going into the next season. You can always get in touch with us on Twitter, at Leeds That, or on any of our other social platforms. Um, if you have the same level of caution as us, are you way more excited than us? Or are you just relieved that you don't have to watch uh, Leeds United potentially ruin your weekend for the next several weeks in a row? Have a good one. Cheers. Network.